Well, what I want to do is just give you a simple framework for why we're so passionate about groups. How many would say, Chad, we get it. We know that there's at least a next step to connect. Just raise your hand. So I feel like we tried to do this all February and now it's the first weekend of March. And so our goal for March is to mobilize for mission. Say that with me, mobilize for mission. That there's a sequence. When Jesus Christ called his, first of all, my name is Chad. I don't remember if I introduced myself because I see some new faces. I'm one of the spiritual leaders here and pastors and just your brother and your friend. Um, Jesus is the king, he's the Lord, he's the head, he's the master, he's the superstar, the center. Amen, he's the alpha, the omega. Okay, I get it, you get it. He's the lion, he's the lamb, he's the one that we're all aiming at. And so uh, nice to meet you. If I don't know you, come and talk to me. I'd love to get to know you after this gathering time. But when Jesus called his disciples, when he launched his ministry, the first thing Jesus did after launching his ministry was he called friends, he called them his disciples, and he said, follow me. And then what was his next sentence? In Matthew chapter four, verse 17 through 22, what was his next sentence? Come and follow me, and what did he say? And then we'll just hang out together and ignore the world, and, but you'll be good. What did Jesus say? Next sentence. I will make you, say that with me, I will make you fishers of men. Come and follow me, because everyone's following something. Everyone's on some road, heading in some direction. Everyone's in some sort of way, whether it's the narrow way that leads to life or the broad way that leads to destruction. But right there at the very beginning of the calling of the disciples in the Gospels, Jesus cues us in on that a central dynamic element of following him is he wants to transform our lives that we'll be equipped to be courageous, competent, and confident to invite others to follow Jesus as well. That's what Jesus calls fishing for men. Amen. And so, but we believe, here's, here's why I'm, I'm tethering this to community and, and all of this. Most of us, when we think of fishing, we think in the 21st century mindset with an individual line, come on, and an individual hook and an individual pole. And that's a valid form of fishing. Everyone give me a thumbs up, especially if you're an angler and an outdoors person, because I'm not. I think those are real things, fishing poles. And so many of us, when we hear Jesus's word, fish for people, I, I don't, I'm not a talker. I don't know much. I'm nervous. My hands are sweating. Anybody? My pulse is racing. But I think, especially in the Western church, especially in, in, in a culture that's been just totally formed by individualism, there is another form of fishing called fishing with a net. What if, I'm not saying individuals will not be called to invite others to follow Jesus, amen. There will be, always, always, a personal, everyone say, my faith is personal, not private. Come on, there's a difference. Say it with me, it's personal, but not private. 
Because implicit in the personal relationship is I'm going to transform you to fish for people. I mean, Jesus is the one who sets the terms for following him. Hello. Amen. But what I want to seed our spiritual imaginations with is that when we fish for people, we don't have to just be the like Bible answer man 2.0 and, and all the pressure to win every or to even win an argument or to know all the theological dots and truths. We want you to grow in your theo theological understanding. We want you to grow in your confidence of the scriptures. We want you to grow in your boldness of who God is and who Jesus Christ is and who, who you are and the power of the spirit. But many of us only think that fishing is hook and sinker with individuals. But I want to propose a different, no less biblical idea as we think about being mobilized for the mission of Christ, that there is fishing with a net. I'm of the strong biblical opinion that one of the most compelling things about Jesus, we could talk about a lot of things that are amazing about Jesus, but one of the coolest things about Jesus is the community that's transformed with him at the center. Did you know that in a fatherless, there's no question, a fatherless pandemic epidemic in our generation, that one of the great things Jesus's people have to offer the world is a place to belong, to be accepted, to be cheered on and cheered up, to be bound up, to be built up, to be blessed and encouraged, to find their place in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ and the family of believers with King Jesus as our Lord and our big brother, with God as our Father and the Holy Spirit as the one who keeps the whole thing rolling. One of the great things that we have to offer the world is a community that's not built on prior, our priorities or preferences or skin color or who you voted for or who you didn't vote for. We have something to offer the world called Christian community that with all of its warts and wrinkles is still the thing, the institution that will be standing at the end of the age, God's people of every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. And so I wanna encourage us to think Part of why we want you in a community is because that gives you a space and a place where you can actually invite people who don't know Jesus to come hang out. We often in the leadership world think about vision, values, virtues, right? Our, our, our purpose, our priorities, and our practices. And then always, if you ever study any of that sort of genre of literature, is how do we know we're making progress? What are the metrics? Amen, how do you measure if we're actually doing what we're saying we wanna do? And I've, oh, I've said this for years in my spirit, I don't know if I've ever told you guys, but let me say this, one sign or metrics that I would read as a sign of success that we're doing our job here of discipling is that our people would, would view the front door of their house to the front door of the church and not just this building. Did you know that if you're a believer, you are literally, the Bible says the spirit lives in you, you are a mobile temple for the presence and purpose of God. Hello. And did you know, especially that where there's two or three gathered in that place, Jesus has promised to be present. And so one of those metrics of, of making progress is that by joining a community, we're not just after you growing in content, and knowledge, we want God's grace to not just transform your thinking, although we want that, 
We want him to transform our hearts, amen? Content, character, and then we want him to empower our conduct so we'll grow in confidence and courage to invite others to follow Jesus as well. Content, character, conduct. Try it with me. Content, character, conduct. Head, heart, hands. Head, heart, hands. And if any of us are honest, we gravitate towards one at the, often at the expense of the other. But in the kingdom of God, we're meant to be growing in all three. Content, character, conduct. Growing in who I, who I, who, in my knowledge of who he is, the spirit of Jesus is transforming my character for who I am, and the Holy Spirit is empowering my action to participate in the mission of God. So I wanna just give a simple little framework from the parable of the sower as we kick off this Mobilize for Mission Month. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And I just believe that community is the greatest context to do all three, to grow in content and our understanding of who God is as he's revealed in Jesus through his word, to be transformed in our character, that we're growing in integrity. He's transforming us from glory to glory. He's helping us overcome sin and cast off the, the snares that entangle us. And then he's empowering us to be the people of God in his world. So it says this in Matthew chapter 13. So there's the title. By the way, this, these slides this are, are all on the downloadable link under the sermon notes that's why we always show the QR code. So you can have all of this, rip it apart, think about it. Every single thing said behind this microphone on this platform is scrutinizable. This is the litmus test, amen. How many love the word of God that's unshakable and unchangeable? This side's excited. Anybody over on this side, thankful for the Bible. Thank you. The amen side. I'm looking at you. So this, I remember reading, thank you, Justin, the parable of the sower. And here's what I saw. Most of us think, who's ever heard of the parable of the sower? Raise your hand. The farmer sows seed, he throws the seed out. All of us, and how many, if you're honest, this isn't a trick question and don't feel guilty or bad, you've taken this parable through an individualistic lens or framework, like the soil of my heart. Come on, almost I, my whole life I've been a Bible student. I've always thought, gosh, I want the soil of my heart to be good so that the seed of the kingdom can grow in my life, me, my, and that's true. But I remember about a year and a half or a year ago, I don't think I've ever taught this, never on this platform, in this way, the Lord began to show me, Chatty, that parable doesn't just imply to individuals, that parable is a parable for life in the kingdom in the context of a community. Let me say it this way. How many, would you, how many could use some help in your literal garden in your backyard? Raise your hand. Would it be cool if you got some real amens and some wives are elbowing husbands? I love it. Yeah. How many are thankful that in the context of the, the kingdom community, we're actually meant to help each other with the garden of our hearts and lives to grow the maximum fruit for the glory of God and the good of others? So let me read this and you'll understand where I'm going. Let's read it, I'll read it. So yeah, when, any, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. 
The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they, say it with me, quickly fall away. The seed falling on the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. Worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one, with me, read it together, who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. And here is the, the fresh bread, that we call it around here, when God, he always speaks through his words, but how many have ever had the, the experience or the regular experience when the word jumps off the page and hits you upside the head? Yeah, amen. That's what I mean by fresh bread. The Lord just began to say, Chatty, what if you took this parable not just for your individual life, although it does apply to your individual life, and what if every community that's being formed through Radiant began to see this parable as an invitation to shared life? In other words, not just, Lord, has the enemy stolen seed from my heart, but Lord, is the enemy stealing seeds of your kingdom in my friend's heart? You see the difference. Not just, Lord, do I have no root? Do I need to grow? But what if we, by the Spirit of God and the grace of Christ, we're like, man, the people I'm in community with, the trial they're going for, if they don't get the roots to go deeper, they're not gonna stand when the next trial comes. You see the difference when this parable is not just individualized, but it's communalized. And what if, what if in those communities or those small groups or, or curriculum or journey or whatever it is, what if when you see someone because you actually have a relationship with them, you're not judging them, but you're being a brother and sister, hello, in the family of God, and you see that there's obviously a habit or a practice in their life that's just, it's just choking God's life in them. And instead of looking the other way and say, oh, it's just a season, they'll get over it, you and I in the grace of God were like brother or sister. That thing in your life is choking the seed of God. Let's get rid of it together. And then what if, instead of this just being individualized that I wanna have a good heart and bear fruit, what if a group of 10, all of y'all were growing 30, 60, 100 times what was sown? What could be the repercussions of a community that stewards good soil so that the seed of God's kingdom can just keep on growing? That was a good point, I thought, but did that connect? So when the Lord handed me this parable that he's always handed to me, I've loved the Bible since I was a young, young boy, and he said, Chad, this is, you're supposed to look through this not just through your Western individual eyes. These are the communities I want formed. This is an invitation to be a part of a kingdom community. That's why I titled it just, can you go back to the previous slide? Read that bottom line with me. Yeah, that was right, that was right, sweetheart. Right, to cultivating kingdom greenhouse environments. You like that? I thought it was fresh. Maybe it's not fresh. Maybe you're like, who is this guy? Like, get on with your sermon, bro. <laughs> Come on, why? What, what do greenhouses do? They, what do they do? 
They help things that every one of those seeds that hits the ground, listen, uh, by the way, hello, God doesn't throw junk seed that has mixed GMO weird stuff. He always, listen, the Father always sows good and glorious seed. The Father doesn't have seed that's mixed. The Father doesn't have seed that some of it, he's like, man, I sure hope it grows. He doesn't throw junk worthless, weightless, substanceless seed. Every single seed that God sows into our lives has the ability, if it has the proper soil, the proper nutrients, the proper nutrition, the proper environment, every seed that he sows can actually grow into a glorious fruit-bearing tree. Hello. He doesn't throw junk seed. Oh, I'm just gonna sow some seed into their life today, but I sure hope they receive it. I mean, I'm just, he's never, and he's never indifferent to the seed that he sows. He wants every one of those seeds to find good soil with a receptive heart and a cooperative heart in the context of an environment of community where we've got each other's backs and we say, no, 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 no. You have potential in the grace of God to bear fruit no matter the season, no matter the circumstance, or no matter what is in, in front of you, beside you, behind you. Every seed's got potency and potential. Okay, this is the point of community. We're not just hanging out singing kumbaya. We're in, a, we're in a war and we're in a perpetual famine for the word of God. The fruit that God wants to bear in our lives, he wants them to turn around and give away to others who are dying for substance in their life dying for substance, dying for bread. Listen, dying for the living water that flows from the very nature of Jesus Christ. So I, I, I began to see this parable as of late through this different lens. Our communities are not, they're not museums where a bunch of relics get put on a shelf and just get dusty until Jesus comes. Hello. They're meant to be greenhouses where the good soil of the heart of the individual and the community is cultivated, plowed, tilled, the, the hard ground is broken up. The, 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 the rain of the spirit is regularly poured out. Come on, where the word is cherished and nurtured and meditated on and obeyed in the grace of God. Do you guys see that in this parable? God wants us to cultivate these kingdom greenhouse environments where the good God things are growing and the bad sinful things have no air, no food, nothing to cause them to continue to grow. He wants his word to produce fruit in his people. If you agree, say amen. And so let's go, there's just simple, it's simple. Justin was like, Chad, you only have six slides? It shocked him. The answer is yes. I said, yes, sir, Justin, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Not a Christmas miracle. So there's already two slides that you've seen. So I just have four things that I, I see. There's definitely way more. I don't see the full picture. I see in part, but I'm just offering this as an invitation that these communities we just announce at their heart are these environments that we want to see where the seed of God's word is received stewarded, grown, and given to those around us. Let's go to the third slide. Thank you. So number one, here's what I see as we think about these communities and how, Chad, I thought we were talking about mobilized for mission. I'm saying community is central to how we do the, participate in the mission of God. 
So number one, here's what I see. Every community group out of this passage in Matthew 13 and Luke chapter eight and Mark chapter four, it's in all, it's in the, all of the synoptic gospels. Number one, these communities are grounded and they're growing in the gospel. When you gather in a, in a, in a small group, whether it's a 10 people, 20 people, two people, three people, one of your primary tasks as you gather with other believers is you're meant to sow seeds of the good news of, of the gospel into each other's life. Did you know that the responsibility to regularly share the gospel is not just the pastor's job? Did you know that your friends in the seats next to you regularly need the seeds of the good news of God's love, of God's kingdom, of God's grace revealed through Jesus? They regularly need those seeds to be sown into their heart so that they live encouraged life, not discouraged, not depressed, not beat down, not bound, but, those, but we regularly need the seeds of the good news sown in our lives. Amen. Step one, to have a kingdom environment, we sow seeds into each other's lives. Who God is, what Jesus has done, what the Spirit is doing in, through, and around us, and who we are becoming in Him. And at the bottom of each slide, I give two questions for each slide. Again, this is all on the notes you can download, have for yourself, tear it apart, work it, put it to work in your groups or your classes. And by the way, we want more groups. If you like chatty, I didn't hear a group, I wanna be alone, but I wanna start a group, I'll be available after service. Come talk to me. We'll talk about it. So central to this, to be grounded and growing in the gospel is two questions. What has God done? And what has God said? A central element, every time believers gather, before they look ahead, we always were a community. If you look at the Old Testament, one of the number one words you'll find over and over and over and over again, starts with an R, ends with an ember. Ember. I should have just said the word, because now it's awkward. Remember. Everyone say that. Remember. So part of it, part of, the number one way, the first step to having a growing environment where the kingdom seed of God's word is, is growing in us is that we're a community that looks back. We remember who God is and what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. And then what? We ask the spirit, okay, in light of who God is and what Christ has done, what is the spirit currently doing among us right now? How many ever say, Chatty, I could use help I could use help discerning that because I don't always see what God's doing. Can I have any honest hands in the room? That's what we're helping each other discern. So what has God done and what has God said? Next slide, we're almost done. You can go back to these slides and look. Out of that, that, that commitment to being grounded and growing in the gospel, we proclaim the word to each other. We feast on this. We always tether everything we're doing to the person and work of Jesus Christ, his promises, his priorities, his purpose, his presence. And out of that, we want every single seed-receiving Christian who has the seed of God in their heart to grow in two things, awareness and abiding. Listen, how many seeds do you think that you miss and I miss on a daily basis that the Father is sowing, but I don't have eyes to see and I don't have ears to hear? How many think they ever miss any seeds on accident or intentionally? Every hand in the house. 
So one of the things we wanna start doing in our, in our communities, we wanna grow in awareness of what the Father's saying, what the Father's doing, what the Father's sowing, that we would grow not just in a lackadaisical, oh, God will get what God wants done, but we wanna grow in awareness of how God is working and how God is moving so that we can get in on the action. And then out of that, we wanna create, we wanna help encourage one another to grow in the ability to abide in moment by moment relationship with Jesus Christ. I said it like this, this is super simple. Helping cultivate awareness of God's goodness, grace, and activity in our lives. How many think God only works on Sundays for one and a half hours a week? <laughs> that he only speaks through a pastor? Praise God, there's some people that know the answer is not that. God is always moving, always speaking, always wooing, always drawing, always inviting, always casting seed, looking for someone who will grow in the awareness of what he's doing and with the yes in their heart to say, I want in. So we wanna grow in, how many you say, Chatty, this week, even though I just took this screen, I wanna grow in an awareness this week of what God's doing in my life. You won't do it in a hurry, hello. You won't do it by a big flash in the pan. It's slow, steady, concrete, moment by moment, step in to what God's doing. Slow down, still your heart, and set your heart to see, to hear, to behold, and to respond. We wanna grow as a community in awareness of what God's up to so that we can just begin to abide in him moment by moment by moment. Why does this have any implication for mission? I thought March was mobilized for mission. Hello, if I don't know what God's doing in and around me at work, how am I going to be a witness for Jesus? If I'm so busy and choked by the worries of this world, by the deceitfulness of wealth, Luke's version says, and the desire for other things, if this is squelching God's kingdom seed in me, how am I gonna be aware of those around me that need a word of encouragement? So when we talk about awareness and abiding, we're not just talking about raising up a bunch of, of, of you know, navel-gazing, just me-focused believers. We wanna grow in awareness and abiding so that when we speak and see what God's doing, what we say and what we do has the power of the Holy Spirit attached to it. Amen. This slide, I have two questions we asked. The last slide was, what has God done? What has God said through his word and through the gospel? This takes it up another step. What is God doing and what is God saying? How many believe that what he has done and has said will not contradict what he is doing and what he is saying? But there is a difference, hello, from living on yesterday's bread and not getting out from your tent and gathering the fresh bread for today. So this next step of, of these kingdom environments that are like greenhouses, we don't just look back, then we realize, okay, we believe God has a word for today. God has something today that he wants me to step into so I can see what he's doing and join in by his grace and spirit. Next slide. Thank you, brother. 
And all of these actually correlate to the stolen seed, the rocky ground, the, the, the path, the rocky ground, but you can see that, the connections. And then here, that last one was the thorny, this is the thorny ground. This is soil number three. Number three, so after we're, we, we, we ground and, and guide by the gospel, we wanna grow in our awareness and help each other learn to abide in the moment by moment grace of God. And then number three, why? Because we want everything we do to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Did you know that the Spirit is a person? The third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit? Did you know that the Spirit has a will? has an agenda, has thoughts. His favorite thing to do is to form the life of Christ in every believer and then to empower the ministry of Christ to flow through every believer. Everyone say form and flow. To Again, remember, content, character, conduct. Content, character, conduct. He wants to deliver the thoughts of Jesus to every believer he wants to form the life of Jesus in every believer, and he wants the ministry of Jesus to flow through the life of every believer. But this is only possible by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to follow God in your own flesh and your own strength? How did it go? Doesn't go good. So in these communities, we don't just you know, hang out and eat food, although we do those two things. But friends, I'm here to tell you this, you long to be a part of this community. It may look scary, but in your heart, if you're a, if you're a believer, you actually long for this. I'm just gonna read it. We challenge one another to throw off all that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us from reaching our potential in Christ's kingdom. When's the last time you've been asked, and I'm asking, this is, this is getting real talk here. When's the last time you've actually been asked, brother or sister, are you resisting the Spirit in your life right now? Or are you learning to respond to the Holy Spirit right now? When's the last, don't raise your hand. See, almost maybe like three of us or seven or one. How many need to be asked that question on a regular basis if we're being honest? <laughs> and here's the thing. God actually longs for us to be in an environment where two things are regularly happening, where we're regularly encouraging each other. How many need encouragement? I'm a words of affirmation guy. Ask my wife. One word will like get me through a week. I'm dead serious. I'm not. Thank you for laughing at me or with me, whichever one. But we want to encourage each other, but also what? We want to hold each other accountable. That's where almost, I was just at a leadership conference with churches from all over America. I was just in San Francisco a few weeks ago and they had this chart of things that churches are pretty good at, like you know, trying to build trust and connection and community. At the very bottom of the triangle or wherever it was, at like the tune of 6%, like we're not so good at holding each other accountable because we just want it to be like good. I don't wanna actually like say, hey, how's that going? Come on, somebody, if we're honest, it's just like, let's just be nice and you do what you wanna do. I won't get involved in your life, just leave you alone. You kinda of struggle with that, that's cool, I'm cool. But I'm here to tell you those days, for the days we're walking in, the great days of shaking and darkness, we need both encouragement and accountable. Amen. We're gonna to need to be a part of a community that will look at us through the eyes of love, through the lens of scripture and say, brother or sister, 
I can see that there's something in your life that's just, it's strangling the seed of God in you. Let's deal with it so you can get on living in the fullness of Christ's love and grace. We need each other for that stuff, man. We need each other, not just, you know, oh, I'm sorry. We don't need people just to empathize. We need people to encourage us, to bring us back to the gospel and to point, at, point us back onto the field and say, no, 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 no. You've got grace on your life to get in the game, but you need to be encouraged and held accountable that you're actually appropriating the grace of God and the spirit of God. And guys, you may think, Chad, that's just for super saints. No, no, no. Every genuine believer longs for that deep down. There may be like a membrane of resistance just because it's the Christianity maybe you inherited where no one actually knows each other's heart and life and business. But past that thin membrane, there's this reality of, oh my gosh, I actually long to be asked the hard questions because I know I'm meant for more in the kingdom of God. But there's that little tiny like, do the, do the tear with me so I'm not the only one. And on the other side of that cordial, casual Christianity, there's a burning heart that says, I actually long to be asked the tough stuff so that I can get on living in the fullness of the Spirit. Oh, I like that. I think that's true. I believe that's true. Where the fruits of the Spirit are growing and the gifts of the Spirit are flowing and we serve each other in the power of the Spirit. So that question for this slide is this, am I resisting or actively learning to respond to the Spirit? Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up. Amen. Last slide. And everyone said amen. <laughs> Showing and sharing Jesus. Grounded and growing in the gospel. Growing in awareness and abiding. Growing as a spirit-filled, led believer. And now, mission. So that we can show and share Jesus to the world around us. We're commissioning in these groups, we wanna commission each other to go and to sow seeds of God's kingdom everywhere. Did you know that the Father is still sowing seeds in the world today? Did you know that one of the primary ways he does that is through your witness and through mine? Bum, bum, bum. You may say, Chatty, I haven't thrown any seeds in a while. No, you've been throwing seeds. It may not be kingdom seed, but you are releasing something in and around your life through your attitudes, actions, character, and conduct. Ooh, we're all sowing seeds. It's a matter of whether the seeds we're sowing have potency and potential in the kingdom of God or not. That's a good word. It's a sobering word that hits me right between the heart, right between the eyes. So out of these communities, these greenhouse environments, we're actually, we always end here. We're honest, we hear the gospel, we ground everything in the word of God and what God has done, what Jesus has done, what the spirit is doing. We wanna grow every week in the awareness of what God's up to. We wanna grow in gratitude and prayer so that we're hooked into what the Lord is doing in real time. And then it leads to this, so that we can show and share Jesus with those around us at work and in the world as a winsome witness, in our neighborhoods, in our relational networks, as a peaceable and prophetic presence with an edge because the gospel comes with power to save, to heal, and to deliver. As ambassadors of reconciliation and instruments of righteousness. And one of the primary ways, listen, these group leaders, you will not get in trouble for inviting people. 
That was supposed to be a semi-joke. No one got it. But. And you know what? I won't be, you won't get in trouble for inviting people to church on Sunday. I hardly ever talk about it. I don't know why. It's probably bad leadership. But you know what? We can actually invite people to church. You say, Chad, I'm not good at witnessing like one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know all the answers. I'm not like an event. I don't feel confident. We'll be an inviter. Did you know that there's people in this room that have the gift, like a greater gift of grace to share the gospel in ways that maybe you never will feel the, the adequacy, but there are people in the body of Christ that he's given gifts and graces to who can do that. Every believer is called to witness and to grow in confidence in the gospel. But one of the primary ways we can show and share Jesus is simply to invite others along with us on the journey. Has anyone ever been invited to something? Raise your hand. Did it almost destroy your life? <laughs> or did you feel like, oh my gosh, they think I'm pretty cool. They want like, me to be a part of what they're doing. Did anyone ever, when they were invited, oh my goodness, that's cool that they would even think that I'd be interested. Come on, help me, I'd be done. This is like the preacher's ending the sermon here. Even if you're lying, just raise your hand. Don't, don't, just kidding. Yes, yes. We're actually great on time. Surprise. Friends, we're in a day, listen, I just read articles about the, the, the rampant deaths of young people with opioids and fentanyl. I just read it, I think it was early this morning. I, I always try to just get a basic pulse without losing heart. What's happening in the world before Sundays? Friends, people are, are dying to know that there's a place they can belong to. Come on, somebody. They're dying to be invited. You say, they would never come to church. Well, they might come to your home for dinner. They might go to get a smoothie or a coffee. They might go for a walk on the beach. Come on. At, in every group, we want grounded and guided in the gospel. All these slides, but it leads to this, that we can empower and encourage each other. Go sow seeds this week. Cassie, invite, bring, show the love of Jesus and share the love of Jesus in simple obedience and faith. And this slide has those two questions. Who is God highlighting? Right now, ask yourself that question. If you have to close your eyes, close it. Who is God highlighting right now, as I said that question, in your life that you could show and share Jesus with this week? Think about it. And if you get a mental picture or a name, raise your hand. Chad, are you gonna hold me accountable? Maybe, I'll ask next week. So raise them up, hi. God highlighted somebody right away. Oh my goodness, I know for a fact someone I could love. I could show and share Jesus. And then number two, where is God sending me? Did you know that one of the primary ways you get to show Jesus is in how you carry yourself at your workplace? The grind. <laughs> where is God sending me this week? Justin, just go through those slides with me, just in a, a nice, decent pace, just to summarize. Cultivating kingdom greenhouses out of the parable of Matthew 13, keep going. Where we're grounded and we're growing in the gospel of what God has done and what God has said. People of the word. Number two, we wanna grow in our awareness of God's activity and abiding in his presence moment by moment by cultivating the slow, 
practices that allow the roots of God's grace to go deep into the soil of our hearts and lives. And then number three, we wanna challenge each other to not settle for any entangled choke reality of the seed, but to learn how to live in the fullness of the spirit by casting off the stuff that hinders, by both pursuing encouragement and accountability, growing in the spirit-filled and led life. And then number four, so that we can show and share Jesus with others. How many think this is doable? Not by our own strength, but in the grace of God. Raise your hand. To be a part of a kingdom environment, greenhouse environment, where the seeds of God's word find good soil, not just in individuals, but in a people. How many want our soil to be good? Our soil to be good. And from this place, as we say amen here in 30 seconds, we're gonna be sent to be seed casters everywhere we go this week. Father, in the name of Jesus, I love your word so much. I thank you for this simple teaching that has eternal repercussions. God, I pray for every community group leader, every study, every course, every journey, that God, we would pursue these kinds of environments. I pray that this group of followers, Lord, in this house would step into that space and place where we grow in seeing and receiving and then responding, cherishing every seed that you sow into our hearts and then, Lord, being the most generous, winsome witnesses to share and to show Jesus with those around us this week. It's not some program. It's the privilege of every believer to be an ambassador of Christ. God, I pray right now, in fact, if you just want fresh boldness to step into this kind of environment and to step into the, the privilege of being a seed caster, can you just stand on your feet? I wanna pray especially for you. If that's anyone in the house, awesome. Thanks for jumping up, that's so cool. I'm standing for a reason too, I want in. I'm telling you, come Holy Spirit. Every person who's standing, and even those that aren't, I know for a fact, Lord, you're working because your word has been preached. So Lord, for those who wanna step into these kind of environments, I pray you would show them a pathway. Give them courage to step into these kinds of environments where the seed of God's word is sown, where it's growing. Father, I pray you would just open a door of tangible connection in this house and in those watching online. And Father, for those who stood for the second call, they want boldness and courage to be a seed caster this week. Lord, I pray right now you would fill their bag with brand new seeds. That Lord, you'd give them so much courage and confidence this week to be those who sow good seed everywhere they go this week. Father, for those that raised their hand of someone that you literally showed them that you're highlighting, God, I pray you would give them courage and confidence to make the call, send the text, release the, the, the post, whatever it is, go knock on the door. I don't know, you know, old school, face-to-face -face stuff. God, I pray that you would anoint them with the oil of joy as they, they, they just think it's a thrill to follow Jesus in our time for his glory and the good of others. Lord, I thank you for our church family. I'm so happy today. 
I love your word. I love what you're doing in our midst. Would you just come, Holy Spirit, and fill every person in this room with the love of Christ? <laughs> I pray that every person right now would become that good soil to receive the seeds of the good news today. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen and amen. Can you stand up on your feet, beloved? Everybody now? Everybody now. Everybody now, come on. Mobilize for mission. Get in a kingdom greenhouse environment, amen? All in favor, say aye. aye. I wanna send you out with this benediction, just this blessing. It never gets old there at the end of Hebrews 13. This is such a good verse. It's a beautiful way to end almost every time. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, Amen. that great shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Give somebody a fist bump or a hug. Please go out through those doors and sign up. Even if you're interested for a group, do not rush off. And if you need prayer or counsel, come on up. We'll have some friends up here. I love you guys so much. Bless you.